We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. Amen. Well, today we began a new sermon series in the book of Judges, and we're starting with Judges chapter 1, verse 1. As you were reading along this week with our reverse readings, you'll notice we've kind of skipped around in Judges chapter 1 this week. And even today, as we come to the sermon, we're going to read the first verse of our reverse text, Judges 1 1, and we're going to read the last verse of our reverse text, Judges 1 20. And so, if you would, stand with me, and we're going to read these aloud together. This, then, is the text for today. Now it came about, after the death of Joshua, that the sons of Israel inquired of the Lord, saying, Who shall go up first for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? Then they gave Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had promised, and he drove out from there the three sons of Anak. May God bless the reading of his word. It's easy for us to think that it's easy. It's easy for us to think that it's easy when you compress years of hard work into a single photograph. Or, you know, it's easy for us to think it's easy when you cover centuries of history in only a few sentences. When you just catch a passing glance, we're quick to say that must have been easy. A final snapshot fails to capture the drama in between. And, and a single snapshot fails to, to find the pain of pushing forward when you wanted to stop. The fight is always missing from the photograph. See, in these photographs, like we saw during the children's sermon, we only find the jubilation of finishing. And from the outside looking in, it's easy for us to imagine that that smile is based on the finish line or on some prize at the end, when in reality, it's far more than that. You know, it's like when we see an image of a marathon runner crossing a finish line. Often our ego kicks in and we think, well, I could do that. Or maybe if there's less pride in us, we think, well, I want to do that because all that we see is the joy of the finish line. But we understand as we read through the scriptures, as we read through stories like today in Judges 1, life is about far more than just the joy of the finish line. Now, I get it. Some of us have never looked at a marathon runner with jealousy. You know, some of us have only looked at those rock and rollers running past the church with sheer befuddlement. But, but bear with me here, though you may not have dreamed of a marathon finish line, there are other finish lines we often look on with envy, like a writer writing their final treaties out of a lifetime of experience. But all we see is the book getting another run and how joyful that must be. Or we see a business owner who's finally able to sell his business after a lifetime of toil. And all we see are the dollar signs of selling a business. 
Or maybe we see a golfer holding up a trophy after decades of practice, and all, is we see, all that we see is the shine on the trophy. See, when it comes down to it, we often overlook the pain and the faithfulness that it took to get there. And for all of those kinds of things, it takes real pain and suffering, and it, it takes real discipline, it takes real faithfulness to get to that finish line. And it's so easy for us to overlook the, the pain and the struggle and the faithfulness that it took to get there when all we see is that one snapshot. And so if we're not careful, we will do that very same thing with Judges chapter 1. Because as we come to this, we see a finish line of sorts. Now, I know it's Judges chapter 1, but it starts right at the very beginning in verse 1 with a finish line. In fact, as we get to verse 1, now it came about at the death of Joshua, and we know this was one of the faithful men of God. And we have just one sentence here that's, that sort of concludes a life that has been utterly faithful to God above leading Israel into that promised land. And here we come to his death. And we see in, in the same breath, it says we, we see the, these great steps forward, even as Joshua comes to the end of his life, it says Israel presses on and they inquire of the Lord saying, who shall go up first for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? That, that even as their leader has passed away, Israel themselves are continuing on in faithfulness. They are inquiring of the Lord, what do we do next? And, you know, if we're, not, if we're not careful here, we think all of this must have come about pretty easily. And we look around, and we, we sit in verse 1 and 2. This all looks like everything is going according to plan. Everything happened just like it needed to. Everything must have been easy for these folks. You know, I've fallen into that trap myself. I think, well, if, if I just do everything that I'm supposed to do, everything will fall nicely into place exactly as I want it to be. But that's just not the case. That's not how this life works. And, and, and a snapshot in a verse can't capture all of it. Because what we recognize, the, the things that God calls us to, when, when God calls his people forward and when God calls us into his kingdom to do kingdom-sized work, it's never easy. And what we recognize is that the things God calls us to, they're, they're meant to grow us up in the faith. They, they're, 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 it's naturally these callings, they, they stretch us and they, they pull us up out of our comfort zones and that's never easy for us. But anytime God calls us out and God calls us forward, when, when we move through the things that God has called us to and we step forward into the future, it's always going to be something that, that grows us in faithfulness. And those things are going to be powerful, but they're going to be difficult. And that's what you're seeing in these verses. And if, you, if, you, you be, if you're not careful, you're going to miss it in Judges 1 and 2. This was incredibly powerful, but it was incredibly difficult at the same time. In fact, we need to go back in the story to better understand where we are in this week's reverse text. Because much of what has happened in the biblical story to get us to this point, to get us to the death of, of Joshua, was a long and winding story, but it was a good one. Because before, before Joshua, there was Moses. And before Moses, there was Joseph. Before Joseph, there was Jacob. Before Jacob, there was Isaac. And before Isaac, there was Abraham. And there, there are generations in between. But when we go all the way back to Abraham, we think of this historic father of Judaism who left his family following God to an unknown land, and God blessed him richly for it. 
God, God multiplied his crops and multiplied his family and took care of him and reached down and loved on Abraham in all kinds of ways. But we have to be careful because it's easy for our eyes to grow in the envy of this windfall from heaven. And let us not forget that, that Abraham was one for faithfulness. He packed up his life and trekked through the wilderness in faithfulness to the Lord. In fact, if you'll look back with me at Genesis chapter 12, we see this faithful one pressing on to, into the call that God has placed on his life. And it's not going to be easy, but it is going to be rewarding. So look at me, Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord says to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. You see there, God called him out and didn't even tell him where he was going. And verse 4, this is where we pick up this story of faithfulness. So God called to Abram in verse 4, so Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So we see the story of, of Abraham being faithful to the Lord and walking forward. And so when we come to our reverse text this week in Judges chapter 1, there are two names that we need to read in a similar manner, Caleb and Joshua. These two hold a, a long and faithful history that goes well beyond this snapshot, snapshot in Judges chapter 1. Before Moses had called together the Israelites to come into the promised land, they first had to send out these spies into the land. And as these spies go out into the land, it is exactly as God told them that it would be. This was a land that was blessed. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. In fact, the grape clusters were so big, it took two men to carry them instead of one. And of those 12 that went in to spy on the land and see what was happening, 10 couldn't believe it. It was the 10. They, 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 it wasn't they couldn't believe how big the grape clusters were. It was they, they couldn't believe that God had called them to this place and that God had called them into this land because their hearts were filled up with fear over what was in front of them. There was a fear of crossing over the Jordan. There was a fear of facing these other people that were in the land, and there was a fear of facing this calling that God had placed on their life. And all they saw was their own inabilities, and they, they couldn't get past them. If you'll look with me, let's look at Numbers chapter 13. It's just part of that story. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. So the spies returned from the land at the end of 40 days. Numbers 13, 26. They proceeded to come to Moses and to Aaron and in the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and they showed them the fruit of the land. And thus they told them and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of Jordan. They were filled up with fear. They were completely nervous and scared to go where God had called them to go. And when Israel is sort of melting into fear, Joshua and Caleb step up and say, this is where God has called us to go. And if this is where God has called us to go, we're going to go in faithfulness and we're going to walk and be strong in the Lord because he's the one that's called us to. 
He's saying, on some level, all of you are right. We are not capable of this. We're not capable of this calling that God has placed on our lives. But God is capable, and we know the God, and, and our God is with us, and he's walking with us. And if he's with us, then we can do anything. In fact, God will raise us up to do things that are far beyond our imagination, that are far beyond our capabilities. If we will walk in faithfulness with the Lord, Caleb steps up, Joshua steps up, and they said, we're going to be faithful to the Lord no matter what, and we're going to go wherever he calls us to go no matter what. And you know, so when we come to the end of our reverse text this week, in Judges chapter 1, and Caleb is being rewarded, and part of his reward is he gets this ancient city of Hebron, this is more than a land distribution. This is a gift of God for faithfully following the Lord for decades. And God's saying, those that faithfully obey me and follow me, I will bless you from heaven, and I will take care of you for generations to come. See, Caleb wasn't afraid of the Lord's work. Caleb wasn't afraid of the Lord's future because he knew God, because he knew God's power. See, he was willing to walk anywhere with the Lord. And that gets rewarded in Scripture. And we hear of this faithfulness, if you'll turn with me to, to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 14. We hear of this faithfulness in, in verse 7. So this is Caleb first talking in, in Joshua 14, verse 7. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought word back to him as it was in my heart, which meant he was being faithful. Now, verse 8, Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I follow the Lord my God fully. In verse 9, So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God fully. An 85-year-old man is given one of the oldest cities in the world, and it wasn't because of his age or because of his lineage. He was rewarded on this earth for faithfulness to the Lord that would not waver. In fact, he had been there for decades and had been faithful to the Lord through it all. And it's no coincidence that it's the city of Hebron that is given to Caleb here. You know, this is the same city where Abraham would receive after he split from Lot. This is the same place where, where Abraham would bury his family. And though there are some 600 years that, that separate the two, both Abraham and Caleb found themselves blessed with the same plot of land for being unswervingly faithful to the Lord. And God, God blessed their obedience and God blessed their faithfulness. He says, this is yours because you have listened and you have been obedient to me. And you know, sometimes we hear these wonderful stories of faithfulness. And we hear how God blessed them with great land and opportunities. And sometimes that inspires a jealousy within us, wondering where our Hebron might be, where we, we look at the snapshot of the finish line and we think, well, why don't I have something like that? You know, it's just like envying, envying the, the Boston Marathon medal but never once getting off of our couch and running a mile or two. But what we see as, as the text unfolds is that the blessings of God are widely available, both temporally now and eternally in heaven. If only we would get up off our couches like Abraham and follow the Lord. 
if we would be faithful to obey Jesus Christ and, and, and obey the things that Jesus Christ has already asked us to do. He has placed a call on our lives in the Holy Spirit by the Word of God. He says, go forth and be my witnesses across this land. If only we would do the things that Jesus has called us to do, we would know this blessing of heaven. You know, it's interesting what we hear in Hebrews chapter 11. In, in Hebrews chapter 11, this is the, the great uh, chapter of the heroes of the faith where it works through many of the heroes of the Old Testament and the great moments of faith where the Lord lifted them up and, and took care of them. It's another one of those places where it, it's, it's a snapshot and if we're careful, we, we might miss the, the, the great faithfulness that's happening in these verses. But look with me at Hebrews uh, chapter 11 in verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. That God's going to reward those that seek after him and follow him. And then go down to verse 8 with me. It says, come back to the story of Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. But by faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has the foundations, whose architect and builder is God. See, what we recognize in these texts, in, in, in Hebrews here, is that there are great ones that are they're following the Lord. And, and as we come to these heroes of the faith, it, it says that God's going to reward them both, both temporally and eternally, and he's going to wrap his arms around them and take care of them. These are the promises of God that, that he's going to reward those who seek him. And, and that's what we long for in this place, to be a people who will seek after the Lord. And, and let me encourage you this morning, in that same way, will you seek the Lord this week and know his blessing? Will you seek after his ways? Will you seek what he has for you? Will you seek the commands of Jesus Christ so that you might be obedient to them? And, and if you will, the Lord will reward you. But I, let me remind you that it may not be as quickly as you expect it to be. And it's not going to be easy because meaningful accomplishments and worthwhile ventures are never easy, but they're always worth it. And the same is true of following Jesus Christ. Giving up yourself and surrendering your life to Jesus Christ is never easy, but it is always worth it. Whatever Jesus Christ asks you to give up, you give it up because it's always worth it. Wherever Jesus Christ calls you to go, you go because it's always worth it. We, we picture these men like Abraham. We picture these men like Caleb who, who stood so strong for decades until the end of their lives as faithful ones to the Lord. And it was never easy, but it was always rewarded. And let me, say, let me assure you of this. If you will follow Jesus Christ, it is always worth it. Now, there are days that you're going to feel like you're under the same kind of discipline as a marathon runner. But if you will run the race marked out before you, you will be blessed and you will see God. You know, after that chapter in Hebrews 11 where it, it talks about the heroes of the faith, we move into Hebrews chapter 12 and it begins to tell us who Jesus Christ is. And what you hear from Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, because I think this is what we need to hear this morning. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles 
and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and you will not lose heart. There, there is a call that has been placed on your life by God. There, there is a call to follow Jesus Christ, and, and as you do, there are going to be days where you feel weary. There are going to be days where you begin to lose heart. And in those days, let me, let me ask you to call out to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, help me. And if you will cry out to the Lord, he will be with you because he knows what it is like to, to endure the pain and suffering of this earth. He knows the kinds of things this world can throw at you. He knows the distractions that can stand before you, and he has walked through them with perfection, and he can give you the strength and the courage, encouragement that you need to walk in faith these days. And so let's do that together. Let's cry out to the Lord and follow through on faithful obedience to Jesus Christ this morning. And if you will, you will be blessed by God, both temporally and eternally. And so as you work through this week, you know, for, for, for all of us, this, this may play out in, in different kinds of particular ways, but all of them kind of come back to what we know in Scripture as the commands of Jesus Christ. And so we, we need to think through together, what does it mean for me to obey Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your soul and your strength? What, what does that mean for me? What does that look like for me this week? And if you will walk in faith in that direction, God's going to bless you. Same thing when Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. What, what, does that, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me if we will faithfully follow Jesus in that direction? He's going to bless us and he's going to take care of us. You know, what we also see together in this church is there's some specific ways that God has called us to live those out. In fact, we know one of the ways that we love the Lord our God is we fall down before him in repentance. And, and Jesus has told us that from the very beginning of his ministry. He said we need to be a repentant people, and we're going to do that. We're going to listen to what he says, and we're going to be repentant people, and God's going to bless us in that. The end of Jesus' ministry, he, he calls us the end of Matthew, the beginning of Acts, to, to be his witnesses and to be his disciples. He says you need to go out and, and, and share the story of the gospel. This is a treasure that you don't hold to yourself, but this is a treasure you share with the people around you. This is the best way that you can love them. And if you will do it, if you will be obedient to Jesus Christ to this high and difficult calling, you will be blessed. And, and let me say to you, God knows and Scripture knows it is not easy for us to be repented. It's not easy for us to be those that witness. It's not easy for us to disciple. It, but Jesus never said it would be. He said this is going to be a difficult and high calling. In fact, following him is something that, that's going to be a, a work that is unlike anything else on this earth, but you will have the Holy Spirit that will guide you and walk with you through it and give you the power that is beyond you so that you can do the things that Jesus Christ has called you to do. And let us see it and let us know it. Let's be faithful, let's be obedient, and if we will, we will know showers of blessing from heaven, just like Abraham, like Caleb, like Joshua. We'll know those kinds of rewards when we're faithful and obedient to Jesus Christ. And I pray that we'll see that kind of fruit in the days ahead. The kind of fruit that they found in the promised land. The kind of fruit that God had promised. Pray that we'll see that in our midst soon and very soon. Let's pray together. Lord, we're your people. We've been called by your name, and we want to follow you. 
we, we want to be obedient to the things that, that you told us to do. But Lord, there are many days where the flesh is weak. There's a lot of days that the couch seems far more comfortable than following Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray this morning that you would rid us of that kind of evil. And Lord, we pray that your spirit would be our motivation. That your Holy Spirit would, would give us a, a spirit of, of boldness. And that we will be your faithful followers wherever you call us to go. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.